0: presented on for the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on for the People as legal advice no attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.
1: we the people says the constitution created for creating solutions however we the people lack the understanding legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet our rights we take for granted signing away our chances cause we don't really know the circumstances I swear I can't stand it then we're so demanding quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law so this is for the people law in plain language breaking it down for us in layman terms that explains Expressing her compassion and will for us to learn not for a check but to address how to win in these streets this show is for you this show is for me it's for the people
2: what's up what's up what's up welcome to another episode a new edition in the 2001 three of for the people law in plain language with me deb rainey your host a compassionate lawyer with me in the studio, simply the PhD candidate producer. Hey, producer. And it's
3: a new year.
2: 2013, and both of us are dragons. So we're going to be looking for y'all to keep us going, keep us up. Let me say, first and foremost, to all of our listeners, all of our friends, family, and everybody else, happy 2003. Let's hope, to, 2003, good God, I'm going back to. years. Wow. <laughs> 2013, let's hope this year brings us all that we've earned, all that we need, and all that we work for. Notice I said what we earned, what we need, and what we work for, not that unnecessary stuff that we just want because we want it. And I know what I want for 2013. I want a winning Eagles team. All right, birds, get it together. As you guys know, last week we took a break and we stayed home and enjoyed our Christmas holiday. But we shared with you for your listening pleasure our first ever For the People Law and Playing Language. I don't know about y'all. I hope you heard it. If you didn't, you can go to the website ww.deborainylaw dot com. Click on the link for talk radio. Once that you click that link, you'll be able to scroll through all the episodes. That episode was called, ladies and gentlemen, The First Amendment. It was a lot of fun. Um, It was our first show. And if you're an avid listener of the show, you learned and you heard that our format has changed um, dramatically since then. And it's my hope that my language has been cleaned up a lot since then. But there are some shows I know that I slipped and said a couple extra F's and a couple extra B's. But it's my intention to uh be more steadfast in keeping my language rated G at least in PG every now and again so tonight what we wanted to do was do some handle some consumer protection questions consumer law is rather broad it covers not just uh it covers a, a multitude of things particularly any instance where you a consumer you purchase something whether it's a good whether it's a service um hotel stay airline tickets Contractor services for your house. Uh, Prime example, a 55-inch plasma 3D TV (laughs) that my baby bought me for Christmas. Oh, my God, it's amazing, y'all. I'm going to tell you right now, once you watch regular TV in 3D, you can't go back. It's so amazing to watch sports in 3D. I was never a soccer player on DirecTV. ESPN is in 3D, and I watched... The Los Angeles soccer team from the MLS get their butts whooped by the Team Real from Madrid. But it was so fascinating to watch it in 3-D.
3: Let's just say (laughs) that for the last week and a half. She's not left the sofa.
2: (laughs) All those um, products and services are covered under consumer law. As I do every show when I'm preparing for a show, I do a little bit of research. I found a fabulous um, website that Uncle Sam runs. And it is www.usa.gov. But on on that website, you can go to a link for um, a consumer guide. And the guide is called the 2012 um, Consumer Buying Guide. It's 160 pages. It's in PDF format. But it is amazing. It covers everything from your basic consumer rights under federal law it help tells you how to uh, bank smartly, what information you should be prepared to give to um, vendors and creditors online, what to look out for to keep your um, identity safe, and what to do in the event that your identity is compromised, to how to invest and how to look out for those um, fraudulent investment professionals. I mean, it's an amazing book. If you're interested, you should go to that website and, you should get that consumer guide. I will ensure that our producer has a copy of that PDF that she can perhaps put on the um, Potomatic page.
3: And the reason why we decided that consumer law was good for this time of year because everyone spent all their money
2: and they broke, um, and now you're trying to find ways to get money back. And by the by, somewhere in the show, I'm gonna I put together. Um, I mean, I put here eight sort of post holiday etiquette. Things that you should pay attention to. Initially, it was going to be for the holiday, but since this is a post-holiday New Year's show, I figured I'd throw them in there. And I've named our producer as Miss Manners because you know she's so, um, I'm not going to say bougie. She's so um, proper. The opposite of me. So, anyway. Okay. She's going to be Miss Manners.
3: <laughs> the other thing that we wanted to do is that after the holidays, it's time that we're going to stores and we're returning things and... Didn't really think about return policies when we bought it, or like some people, you buy something, they give you a receipt, and by the time you get 10 feet ahead, you have no clue where the receipt sets, and so then
2: you're trying to return stuff and what kind of. Yeah, that receipt monster steps out and eats your receipt, kind of like your socks when they get lost in the dryer. Anyway, um, you're listening to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the sound from Germantown. Notice I didn't even ask my producer to chime in. <laughs> And also notice the absence of our um in-house poetess, uh, Miss Black. Miss Black, if you're out there listening, what's up? Um, you can call in with your consumer questions, 215-609-4301. That's the studio line. You can text us, 215-435-4099. You can send us an email for the people at dot Hit us up on Facebook, For the People, Law and Plain Language. Follow us on Twitter, at FTP Law. Someone has spent the last two weeks getting us a plethora of followers on Twitter. And it's been an amazing um, birth, if you will, of the For the People Twitter page. So check us out. Before I go any further, I guess to get this out. The producer and I were watching TV1. For those of you who don't know, it's a fake BET channel. I'm just playing. It's a second major um, channel for about, and I think it's also um, owned and operated by African-Americans and other minorities. And there's a particular female personality on that network. And I don't remember the name of her show, but she does um, interviews. I guess she fashions herself being uh, wannabe Oprah or something. I know her first name is Kathy. I cannot recall Kathy's last name. During the break, I'll check the internet and I'll get back to you anyway. She interviewed Mr. Jamie Fox and mr. Quentin Psycho Tarantino, and of course they were talking about Mr. Tarantino's movie Django Unchained and what was fascinating to me during the process of that interview is how deftly uh, Jamie Fox skirted around the issue of the movie and that is my my question is this simple did Quentin Tarantino make Django Unchained merely to be a cinematic experience and make money or as he tried to say or intimated during his interview it was his opportunity to provide a story or a vehicle for more stories about slavery to be told my response to the second or the latter um, comment if i recalled it correctly and and trust and believe ladies and gentlemen i'm paraphrasing quentin you have no right to tell the story of slavery because you're not black if you told the story just to make some money um, it's, it's it's all good it's all good but because you made the movie the way you did slavery was horrible in and of itself we don't need you to over dramatize it we don't need you to point out things to us that was Um, not realistic. We didn't need you to do anything for us, but be honest and admit you made the movie to make money. Jamie, check this out, my brother. Several better qualified, uh, more notorious, more... Hold back just a little bit. Well, uh, known uh, actors turned down that role for a reason. I'm not trying to tell you how to make your money, B. I'm not trying to tell you what kind of movies you should make. What I'm trying to tell you, though is if you are going to be a part of a, a movie about something so horrific as slavery, you might want to think about the role you finna play. That's all I'm finna say. And by the by, ladies and gentlemen, Renee will not let me go see the movie. I'm not sure why she won't let me go see it. If you've got comments about Django Unchained, if you've seen it, hit us up on Facebook, send us an email, send us a tweet, Twitter, twit, what is it, a tweet? Send us a tweet. Hit us up on the t- um, text line. I would love to know your thoughts. I sent some I did some stuff on Twitter and on our For the People Facebook page as well as my Deborah Rain Law Facebook page. Um and I was trying to hold back and be a little nice in my comments, but I'm not sure I was so successful. So anyway, I had to get that out of there. During the course of the show, I'm going to throw the little eight um etiquette points out there to you. Um before we get started with the consumer protection um information, we're gonna take a really quick break. Remember, you're listening to For the People, Law and Plain Language. I am Deb Rainey, your host, a compassionate lawyer. With me is Renee, simply the PhD candidate producer. You're tuned in to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the sound from Germantown. I ain't trying to be black. We'll be right back. Welcome back to For the People, Law in Plain Language. Once again, it's me, Deb Rainey, the compassionate lawyer, your host. Joining me in the studio as usual, simply the PhD candidate producer. Hey, Renee, what's up, baby?
3: I'm good, I'm good. Thank you
2: so much for my 55-inch 3D TV. Oh, my God, it was amazing. It was so painful to watch my birds get slaughtered by the New York Giants in 3D. It was heartbreaking. However... I'll be happy to report that the Dallas Crybaby Boys (laughs) and the New York Shithead Giants did not make the playoffs either. Nah, 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 boo, boo. (laughs) Andy Reid, you gave us 12 good years of football. We appreciate it. it was 14. Well, the last two years were not winning seasons. I said winning seasons. Oh. The 14 years you did in Philadelphia, we appreciate you. Even the Boo Birds, who booed you all the time, appreciate you. God bless you. God bless your family. Here's hoping that you're able to have a more balanced year in 2013. And all those football players out all those football enthusiasts out there, we know Andy Reid will not be out of a job long. Jeff Laurie, whoever you bring in, you better make sure that coach can motivate these candy-ass Prima Donna Eagles players. Eagles players, shame on you. You guys should look at that game Sunday and be totally ashamed. You should run somewhere, hide, put your head in the sand, because y'all sucked, and you got fans like me who are constantly backing you, constantly backing you. You're not going to be able to play that many more games and keep these fans doing anything but booing you and throwing stuff at you. Get it together here. Redskins, RG3, good luck. Y'all going to be knocked out in the first round, but good luck to you. Anyway, back to today's show, we're going to be talking about consumer law. I want you guys to check out that consumer buying guide I told you about on www.usa.gov. Click on the link that says 2012 Buyer's Guide, and probably by the end of March, presumably, the 2013 Buyer's Guide will be out. And it says, um, essentially, it gives you all the information you need in order to pay attention to Um, your rights and and the responsibilities you have in those businesses and folks have who you interact with as a consumer. Part one of the book is called Be a Savvy Consumer. And in big red letters it has, Buyer Beware. Um, I'm hoping that the little noise I'm hearing in my headphones don't mean that you can't hear me because I'm getting static in my headphones. Can you hear me? I think that might be... No, I think that's all you. Okay, just checking. So the first part of the of a consumer, um, the first, what the hell am I saying? Strike all that, dude, I just said I'm tired as <laughs> hell. Um, what I wasn't sure of, ladies and gentlemen, is the format for tonight. There's not really any specific sort of um, laws that we can tap into like you do, like I can do with, say, personal injury with the different types of claims or child support, child custody or criminal, because consumer protection encompasses a great deal of things, as I said on the other side of the break, from products to services, contractors and the like. But what Renee and I intended to do for this show was to give you some ideas, particularly as it relates to the uh, gift situation. I know some of y'all, probably a lot of y'all got gifts that you've no idea what to do with. Hell, you're probably still trying to figure out what it is. (laughs) <laughs> and and if you haven't figured out what it is, you're trying to figure out what to do to get rid of it.
3: Well, how to take it back. With or it, or how to take
2: it know. back. Because you know you ain't going to have the courage to go to the gift giver and say, you know what, this was a very wonderful idea, but what is it and what do I do with it? How many people out there would be bold enough to do that? I would be. Renee would be, I think. Would you, Renee? Would you be bold enough to go to somebody who gave you a gift that you have not the faintest idea what it was or what you do with it and say to them, what is this, what do I do with it?
3: Depends on whether I give a damn about
0: the
2: person. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. So if you care about the person, you wouldn't.
3: No, if I care about the person, um, let's I'm more say, for example,
2: you opened the gift that I gave you, and it was a Christmas album by Reba McIntyre.
3: Well, I would say they don't sell albums anymore.
2: Well, they do call DVDs "album smart," Alec.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you got me what, a Reba?
2: Reba Christmas album on DVD. And you're not a big Reba fan?
3: I would tell you. Would you I, I wouldn't tell you right then. I would just say, I'm not really a Reba fan. I appreciate it, but I'm not really Reba. I think that's one of those gifts that you kind of bought for yourself and put my stock in. I know that's right, because <laughs> then I
2: know if you don't want it, I can take it back. Um, or someone who bought you a battery operated reading lamp or something that you have no use for. How do you say to that person, or do you say to that person, thank you so much, what the hell is it, what do I do with it? It
3: really depends on the person. I really think it depends on the person, um, especially if it's a low-end product. I'm just going to put it in my giveaway bag, like I always have a bag that I'm going to donate to a shelter. or. Why not re-gift it? That's what I want. If I'm not that crazy about it, I'm not going to re-gift it. That means next year I have to remember who gave me what so I don't get the same person the gift <laughs> they gave me. So it's a lot easier To just um, donate it.
2: I know a lot of you probably like me (coughs) did some internet shopping. I was lucky and got 90% of my Christmas shopping done a week before Christmas online. And one of the things I know that nobody does but my geeky butt is when I'm going to engage an online um, company, I go to a website website. Target, for example, the very first thing I do after I select or see the product that I'm looking for, I'm going to look around on that homepage for the following terms and conditions, legal terms, return policy and all those things. And why am I doing that? Because I want to know once I get this thing, what are my rights as it relates to this? If I get it and it doesn't work, for example. Do I have to take it back to the store? Can I just pick up the phone and call the target operator? Can I just shoot them an email? What are their policies and procedures that protect me and and or the person that I'm going to give the gift to?
3: And for a store like Target, you also want to check and see whether you can return it to the store, whether you have to return it back online. And sometimes the, well, those things are always stipulated there but in small language, but usually it says this item cannot be.
2: And you need to look not only on those uh, links I was talking about, and that is terms and conditions return policy. When you click on the item that you like on most of the big websites, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, those places, you click on the item, it'll give you the specifications of the item. Keep looking down the page. It's going to give you, if there's any special restocking requirements or things like that, it'll be on that page or... When you go to put it in your shopping cart and you go to check out and if you haven't seen it by that time be wary be afraid go back to the bottom of the website where the other links are and look for those terms and conditions that relate to returns return policies certain items if you if you personalize for example they may charge you a crazy fee just to return it because it's going to be harder for them to sell it once it's personalized. Um,
3: And the other thing I would suggest is if it's not 100% clear in very plain, simple language, pick up the phone and call them. I'm looking at this item. Is there a restocking fee? Is it this? Um, And if it's an item that I know everybody else is charging a restocking fee for and it's just not only I'm going to call them.
2: But don't rely on just that phone call because at the end of the day, that's why it says buyer beware. You bought the product from them. If you have an issue with it, you're going to have the burden of proving that you followed all of their policies and procedures. Now, if you can show that there's nowhere on the website or somewhere conspicuous so that everybody can see it of their um, special policies, then I don't think you're going to have a problem. But you have the burden, the responsibility to go look for what those terms and conditions are. I know that when I did the research for Walmart, Target, and Best Buy, those big three, Each of their links were labeled differently. Target's links said terms and conditions, legal conditions, and it also said return policy. Walmart, on the other hand, their links were things like uh, 30-day return policy, 90-day return policy. And what's interesting in Walmart, if I remember correctly, you can do the thing called the uh, site to store. You order it online, and you can choose your home Walmart to go and pick that item up from. They don't stipulate on there whether or not you can um, call them, get a return tag, and send it back to them, or whether you just pick it up and take it to the store. If that's the case and there's nothing on either of the websites that say that, my suggestion is if you have to return something, take it back to the store.
3: Oh, no, for site to store, you're <coughs> taking that back in the store. You were taking that back in the but store. But since there's shipping. no
2: legal <laughs> terms to say whether or not you it, do, you take it back to it the store. It would
3: only pop up if you're ordering a large item.
2: I'm talking about the legal terms, baby.
3: No, but I'm saying if you're ordering an item and it's site to store and it's particular item, that sometimes items items are shipped directly from the manufacturer. And I've done a lot of shopping But online. that's not shop to
2: store, though. That's No, different.
3: ship to store. But sometimes on a ship to store item... If it's a particular item that was sent that was sent to the store from the manufacturer, it will have special instructions. Where here are your return options. So if it's something there or something's going to be there,
2: but but that's in where that it's instance, though, Walmart still has a duty to notify you. Of right, what that's what that is. I'm saying. When when, when you go so to check it out, it to the store.
3: It's 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 going to say in there these are your return items, or it's going to say this cannot be returned to the store. It's it's going to spell it out.
2: And it's important that all of you out there listening know whether or not you can return it to the store. And my suggestion to you is, as Renee said, if it's not spelled out clearly for you, look for those links, or like Renee said, call the customer service, and get that information right away. I know a lot of stores now, especially Walmart and Target, for example, say you don't have to necessarily have a receipt to return items. I would suggest that you that you don't. When you no, Target says the same no, thing. No,
3: Target says it. Both Walmart. Them. The the beauty of Target, though, as long as you put it on plastic of some sort and you have that card with you, they will swipe that card.
2: I know that I've been in Walmart and returned things without a receipt. So long as you're within a certain window, there's no law that says to what time you have to return it, but I've returned things without receipts to Walmart, and they put it back on my card. So I don't know. I'm not telling you don't save your receipt. I said that to say hold on to your receipts don't get rid of them. If you lose them and it's a gift that you were given, I would reach out to the gift giver and find out where they got that item from if you need to return it. Because the, not everybody includes receipts with their gifts And, that and this
3: is the problem if you don't have a receipt. If you don't have a receipt, a couple things are going to happen. You can expect to get a store credit and you're going to get the last markdown price. And, because and what does that mean? That means that you brought this and you paid $150 for it. And so now after Christmas, they're having 70% off. You're going to get 70% off. That's what you're going to get back because you don't have any proof to say, no, I paid the full 200 or 160 or whatever it was. You're going to get that last mark And I twice. know
2: you would rather get your 175 than to get that $30 that they marked it down to.
3: And 9 times out of 10, they're going to put it on a gift card.
2: So it's really important, not, notwithstanding, never mind what the stores say about not worrying about having your receipt Make sure you have your receipt. And as Renee said, if you bought it with, say, a gift card, MasterCard, Visa, whatever it is, make sure you maintain that card. I know a lot of times, especially when it comes to gifts, the people that give you the gift don't always give you the receipt. I live with someone who is a number cruncher. So when I buy her gifts and I wrap them, I will stick the receipt inside the bottom of the package because that's the next thing she's going to ask for two days after. She says, oh, I like the gift. Two days later, you got the receipt. So uh, I learned the hard way to make sure if I don't put the receipt with the the present, I hold the receipt. I put it somewhere where I'm not going to lose it, especially if it's a gift that I'm not sure she's going to really appreciate. Because, you know, when you have someone who has everything, it's really hard to figure out what to buy them.
3: Well, the other thing that you need a receipt for is sometimes if you bought a coffee maker or something else that's under warranty, even if it's a manufacturer's warranty for a year, when you call them and go, ABC company, whatever the company is, I got this as a g- gift, do I purchase it for myself, it's broken, and they're going to say, well, we need some proof of purchase that it's under the one-year or two-year warranty, and they're going to want a copy of that receipt. And so. keep
2: in mind, whether or not the warranty is still in effect... The initial burden is on you to know that. I'm not talking about burdens as in a court of law. I'm talking about when you pick up the phone, like Renee said, to call that manufacturer and say, like Renee bought me less than three months ago, Mr. Coffee Maker, and all of a sudden it just stopped making coffee. Fortunately, I have four or five coffee makers around the house, so I can just switch them out. But we need to look for our documentation to make sure the coffee maker is still under warranty so that we can get a replacement or get some sort of credit or money back for the product. there's no rhyme or reason to today's consumer protection information consumer information. It's just a matter of making sure that you understand and you're prepared and you know what to do if you find yourself in a certain situation. Um, another thing that, that I wanted to make sure that I brought up is when you're when you're shopping online for stuff, what do you do to protect your credit card? your debit card or whatever credit card you're going to use to pay for that item. What are some of the things that you can do, some of the steps that you can engage in to protect yourself? I'm going to ask this question to Renee because she is one of the few people I know who is a shopping online expert. I mean, I've, I've seen her call some of the stingiest companies out there, annoy the hell out of them to the point they give her whatever she wants and then something else. So, Renee, when you shop online and you use your credit card, what are some of the steps you take to protect yourself before you willy-nilly give up your credit card number or your bank routing number, for example? What are some of the steps that you take before you input your information on that oh, website?
3: Right, I'm going to say two things. If anyone wants to call in, our studio number is 215-609-4301 if you have um, a point of view on this topic. What I do is, and I shop on, online all the time. Oh, no. I would say what I do, if it's not, and, and I shop at Amazon a lot, because a lot of companies, whether it's JCPenney's Target, they all have some link in with Amazon, because you look at who it's being shipped from. But if I'm not on a company that I know, like at JCPenney's, and I never go to these sites via link, I <laughs> always type them in directly. And I explain never, what
2: you mean by that.
3: Um, I get an email or something that says, you know, this is Amazon or this is not Amazon, this is Walmart or Target or whoever it is. And... Um, I'm sorry, my that's phone. Renee's phone talking. My text messages are read out loud to me, um, and Deborah's trying to get it to stop talking. Sorry. So if I'm not at a site that I know, um, it's some other it's a site that I'm just not familiar with. They usually have a PayPal option. I opt for PayPal. I do not give them my credit card information. I don't give them my banking number. I go to PayPal because I know PayPal. I know that I, have, I know that they have buyer's rights on, on PayPal. Um, I've successfully, without much effort, just said, this is what happened. I gave my money. This is what I got. It was crap. It didn't get here. It was broken, and PayPal takes care of it and gives me my money back. So if it's most importantly, if it's a site that I don't know, I always use the PayPal option.
2: And speaking of that cons- 2012 consumer buying guide that I told you guys to check out on www.... What did I tell you to go to? USA Capital U Capital S Capital A dot gov. Click on Consumer Buying Guide on page three of the Consumer. Strike that. It's not called the Consumer Buying Guide. I suck. It's called the Consumer Action Handbook. It's 160 pages. It's in a PDF format and it's fantastic. Page three in big black big bleh, 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 big red letters. It says Quick Tips for Avoiding Fraud. Don't give out personal information. Anyone you don't know who asked you for your social security number, your birth date, and other information for no earthly reason, don't do it.
3: And even if it is for an earthly reason, you don't give personal information out to um Deborah has been well we both have been home and off for the last week, so um,
2: And I've been watching my 3D TV by the way.
3: Right, and decided that she and I work from home, so I'm used to just ignoring I watched the Batman
2: The Dark Knight Rises. Oh my god. We watched Jaws three, the old one in seventy three. It was a horrible, <laughs> imagine a bad movie with bad cinematography, then make it in nineteen seventy three, bad cinematography in three D. It was awful. Sorry, I digress. Go ahead. What was I saying? I have no idea because I was talking about the three D movies I that we watched. I see that. Um, I put that don't give out personal information uh, for a reason. That's, that's my point. You go online to buy something, and someone asks you for your PIN. Y'all know what a PIN is, your personal information, your personal identification number that attaches to your credit card, your bank card. There is no earthly reason that they need your PIN in order to go to your bank, ask your bank to honor this money based on your account information. They do not need your PIN. If they ask you for your PIN, tell them to go jump in a lake and do not buy from that company because they don't need it.
3: And every legitimate company out there will tell you. We will never ask you for your PIN. We will never ask you to give us your social security number via email. So my point was, by Deborah being off, um, I've learned to ignore the phone during the day because I work at home because during the day you get every telemarketing company in America calling you. Um, so she decided that because she was home, she wanted to answer every single 800 number they called in. <laughs> um,
2: and and I had some fun, y'all, and I didn't have to worry about no Clean language, okay? That's so, all I'm going to say. Um,
3: they called and they said, It's this Deborah Rainey. You have an account with Raymond Flanagan. No, never did. Well, what's your social security number so we can verify that? Um, no. What's the, your address so we can verify that?
2: Uh, no. The clean version of the response that I gave when they called earlier today was. Again today. I mean, yesterday, I apologize. Send me in writing that information that you have claiming that this is my debt to the address you think you have for me when i get it in writing i will send you the necessary information i need to in order to dispute the debt i say this to say one the debt collector has the initial burden to show that the person they're reaching out to is in fact the person who has the debt obviously if you're sued in court and you have to answer a complaint it's a little bit different you have to prove, once they prove it's you, you owe the debt. You have to defend against that claim that it's not you or you don't owe the debt. In situations where you have debt collectors calling you, this is so-and-so calling from, It was funny because they called the house saying they were calling from the law firm of Blue, Blue, Blue. I don't give a crap. I've never had a Raymore and Flanagan account ever in my life. I've told you with over the last five days that it's not me. Stop calling me well Well, give us the last four i'm not giving you nada i will give you my attorney id number and my office number and you can fax me and i gave my fax number actually to the office and said to them fax me this information that you claim you have to show that i deborah d rainey have this debt and i'll respond to it
3: well the gentleman i talked to said well you already said that deborah rainey resides at this address and i said yes but guess what There's more than one Deborah Rainey in the world. (laughs) They don't hire the
2: brightest (laughs) and the sharpest. So I said to him, I said, So if I
3: called you and said, Sir, what's your social security number? I want to make sure I have the right person. Would you give it to me over the phone? And he said, Yes. And I said, Okay, that's because you're an idiot. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Who does that?
2: There is no reason that you need to be giving out your personal information on the phone or online if you're merely buying a product now i'm not saying if you're applying for credit or buying a car or something like that if they ask for your social security <laughs> number that's an entirely that's different if you initiate situation. the call to
3: a legitimate company <coughs> not someone calling you saying we're going to have you apply for a credit card and give us all your personal Well, information. even
2: if someone calls you on the phone and tells you to apply for that that they've done a pre-check and you qualify for a credit card blah 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 Don't give them your information over the phone. If you're desperate for a credit card, have them mail you what they got or email you something via PDF or some other format so that you can respond in kind. I would suggest that you never, ever give your information out over the phone, personal information, to a person that you don't know. And especially be aware and be suspicious If you get a phone call and someone asks you for your social security number, your birth date, credit card number, all those things, be very suspicious of that. And you're going to find, like Renee and I said, these bill collectors are phishing. They're going to call you and say, is your name Barbara, blah, blah, blah. They know that, and, and they bastardize the privacy information laws. The privacy information laws, in a nutshell, say businesses cannot share personal information about their clients, and there's a whole bunch of other caveats and, and and requirements, but we're not going to go into all that. So their way around that is they'll ask you, well, tell me your last four so I can verify you are who I say they are. Even if you're telling them you don't have that debt, you give them your last four, they're going to ultimately be able to go into databases and find you. And you may not owe that debt that they're calling about, but rest assured, if you owe some other debts, they're going to find it, and then they're going to start calling you about that debt. So be very, very careful. If you do really have a debt and you're being called by a debt collector and they're saying this is an attempt to collect a debt, listen politely to what they have to say. Your response to them beyond that should be, listen, Put something in writing and send it to me. I'm not going to give you any information over the telephone. Give me a fax number. I'll fax an email address or something to you. But send me something in writing tangible that I can look at so that I can see if this is in fact a debt that I have. What's the worst thing that can happen if you ignore the debt? They take you to court and they sue you. But let's be real. You owe some credit card company $115 from 15 years ago. Seven to ten years, depending on the state you're in, the federal standard is seven. The debt gets, um, what's that called, charged off. Most instances, consumer debt will be charged off in seven to ten years. There's no law that says that there's statute of limitations. That's not quite the same as a charge-off. But what happens in the charge-off within the consumer industry? The businesses decide after a certain amount of time it's not worth spending the money going after this debt. So it's really important if you make sure that you get a copy of your credit report every year. And you want to look at that credit report, see those debts that you know you had, you didn't pay them, seven to ten years has gone by, and look on that credit. If it says charged off and that debt collector still calling you about a debt that was charged off, you can laugh at him and hang up the phone because no company in their right mind is going to spend probably twenty-five to $3,000 dollars to sue you in court for a $100 debt that's been charged off. So that instance, it would be really important to know what your credit um, history looks like. And we digressed a little bit. And remember what I said at the beginning of the show and on the other side of the break, consumer law encompasses a whole lot of things. We want to sort of try to stay on target with helping you get – Oh, my God. I just had a brain. What was I saying? And she's sitting over there sleeping, so I ain't getting no help. <laughs> Black sleeping. ain't here, so I'm just struggling and Assistant. flailing through the doggone tar and, and stuff. Assistant if y'all have a working. question, you want to join in, you want to pipe in, you want to share some of your consumer horror stories, hit us up, 215-609-4301. Text line is 215-435-4099. Email for the people at com. Facebook, For the People, Law and Plain Language, Twitter, at FTP Law.
3: Wow.
2: I did real good, didn't I? We've been um, talking about consumer law, giving you some ideas. Please make sure you go to the website, www.capitalusa.gov. Click on the 2012 Consumer Action Handbook. It is fantabulous. Page two of the um, handbook entitled part one, be a savvy consumer in big red letters, buyer, beware. And it's really interesting check um, information they're giving you here. It says to avoid problems, make better decisions, decide in advance exactly what you want and what you can afford. Do your research. Ask family, friends and others you trust for advice based on their experience. Gather information about the seller and the item or service you're purchasing. Purchasing, excuse me. Review product test results and other information from consumer experts. All right, now look, I'm not doing all this product test results and consumer stuff. Oh my God, I know Renee. And when she was deciding (laughs) on getting me that TV, I guarantee you she went to every consumer review website she could find, read every consumer review website Article on every fifty-five-inch plasma three-D TV she was contemplating, and what is that one geeky egghead scientific website you go to for your reviews? It's called Geeky Geeky something. What's it called?
3: Well, there's probably about six, seven. What's eight that? Or nine. There's
2: one that you really liked that you were telling me about, uh, and it was making me cry because it was so boring.
3: Well, there's a bunch of them. I mean, you have PC magazines, a whole bunch
2: of them. She actually but does can- read the PC magazine review. Um, websites, ladies and gentlemen so if I mean seriously and all seriously know if you if you are interested in, in doing the um reviews and getting ideas about products and services and the like, I would suggest that you do what I do every now and again when I do research on a product, I'll type in the name of the product and I'll put reviews in my browser exactly
3: and that's that's really and all you everything
2: have to do. pops up. You have to be careful though because sometimes you get those scorned buyers. And he or she is the only one out of 2,000 reviewers who gives it a negative seven stars because somebody hurt their feelings. Well, this, So this, this just is be thing. savvy when you're looking at research I think reviews.
3: It, I think for most of the major sites like Amazon, even Target, they have the user reviews. Right. So,
2: And they actually go in-depth and have the user review of the product that you're looking at.
3: Right, exactly. So when you go down, they'll say, this is crap, this is good. And you can kind of read through them and see whether it really works for what you're looking at. And for. what's
2: shocking is the big guys, Target, Walmart, Best Buy, Staples, they actually include the bad reviews. And, and that's pretty bold. I think that's pretty bold, and it shows that they really are serious about putting a good product out there. Um, One of the other warnings that you get on this Be a Savvy Consumer Part 1, the Consumer Handbook, in red it says, Click, check for recalls. Recalls relate to things like cribs and cars and even actually electronic devices and the like. Nine times out of ten, if there has been a recall on a product, you can put that into your browser and put in recalls. Or put in the name of the company who made the product and put recalls next to that. The age of the computer is just amazing. And if you don't have a computer at home, then that means you can't hear me, so I can't. I'm just kidding. Go to your public library. Every public library in every city, Hamlet, village is going to have Internet access. They may require you to get a library card, but do that. There, with, with the advent of the computer and all this information available out there, there is no reason that we aren't more tech savvy. And let me say this to you. I know I've gotten over the last six months from these. um, I belong to a bunch of legal websites where lawyers can um, become a member and then respond to consumer questions on a, a public forum. As a result of my membership on a few of these forums, I've gotten these emails. One in particular, I remember it's from some lady who claimed she was a doctor in Ghana and that she had property here in Virginia somewhere. She needed to retain an attorney to represent her interest in her property in Virginia. Well, um, what do you think made me twist up and my ears tingle? Um, When you email me, it says Pennsylvania attorney ID number. Why would you be contacting a PA lawyer for Virginia property? The second half of her email said, I will um, pay you $2,500 retainer. But what I'd like for you to do is send me a check for five thousand and I will give you a bigger percentage of what the property value in Virginia is. Okay. Renee and I go through this through certain things and I look at her and say, Do I look like Boo Boo the Fool? How many times have people read emails that seem too good to be true and because they're desperate they're in some kind of crazy headspace, they fall for the nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell makes sense? in someone telling me they're going to they were going to send me a $2500 retainer, but instead if I send them a $5000 check, they will give me a bigger piece, a bigger percentage of the property that he or she had in Virginia. That don't make no sense. Why am I saying all that? And what the hell does that have to do with consumer information? Well, a new thing that's starting to happen happen a lot. Folks are getting checks in the mail written out to them. And I know I talked about this on the show before Christmas, and I said to you, you get a check in the mail, you know doggone well you're not entitled to that money. If you spend that check and that check turns out to be fraudulent or otherwise wrong, you are saying by signing that check, and cashing it, you are willing to accept the consequences that are going to come. No different than all your other consumer stuff. Don't be stupid. Be smart, be alert, and be aware.
3: How did we get on stupid?
2: Because um, I was thinking about that check thing, and it still burns me up. But There are people right now facing criminal charges because they signed a check. knowing damn well they weren't entitled to the money. So I am... Oh, some of the names of the... The geeky egghead websites that Renee goes to for her searches well, the, are... the first one's CNET. C-Net. What but does that stand for? for? It's, Consumer it's, Nerdy Egghead Test. <laughs> the other C, one... C, capital C, capital N, capital E, capital T. The other one is Bloomberg's. Or
3: Bloomberg and CNN, all of those. If you're buying any Bloomberg.
2: Kind of- she got B-L-O-O-M-B-E-R-S. Yeah, mama. Is dead. Um. <laughs> Bloomberg, Uh, CNN, and Forbes, to name a few. And
3: and even though those are news publications, whenever any kind of new technology comes out, the big news agencies cover them.
2: And Uh, speaking of big technology, I was so proud of myself. I got my producer baby an iPad mini 12 or whatever the hell it is. I had her name inscribed on it, her phone number. I had the Apple store text me when it was ready to come pick it up. I was so proud. And it really is a pretty product. But both of us have begun to discover, and Apple, please don't be offended, but your product is elementary.
3: Well, this is the thing. I think that folks are either, they are Windows
2: people. Or Mac people.
3: There you go. They are one of the other.
2: Mm. And for what Renee and I do with our phones and our tablets, we need the... Um, Applications and what do you call it, babe? The productivity stuff that's offered by Android. I need
3: more productivity. It's not just Android; even Windows um, devices. The Nook doesn't have it. I mean, Apple has some.
2: So you are contemplating. Returning your iPad Mini. What's the tablet that we went to Staples and got for you yesterday that you're falling in love with all over again?
3: I have a... Is Nexus, a Lexus? Nexus 7. Oh, it's not the car, Lexus. No, nah, I was looking at that or the... Oh, my God, I've been reading articles since, like, Christmas Day. Just articles, articles, articles on the top four. I don't want a Nook. I don't want... The Kindle. The Kindle because they're mostly for games and videos Um, and music. I don't see the problem. Um, And I don't use my electronics for that. I need more productivity, more QuickBooks, more accounting, more.
2: And we're trying to find me a bigger notebook with big enough memory to hold all my games and my music. So um, I just do that in there just for GP and because I am um, in danger of starting to drone off into space. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to For the People Law in Plain Language with me, Deb Rennie, the host, your compassionate lawyer. Happy 1-3. Can you believe this is 2013? Let's hope that this year brings us a lot. Um, we can leave behind that that happened in 2012 and look forward. And let me say this. All y'all who tend to make all these New Year's resolutions and all that nonsense, in my opinion, resolutions are made to be broken. It don't make no sense to make resolutions where you had a whole year last year, didn't even think about it, and didn't do it, because you're not going to do it. And if you are going to make a resolution, make it something that's manageable, that's doable, and that's real. You know what I mean? We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back from the break, I have a few consumer questions that were posed and some um, answers that were given by some of my brethren One or two of them are really, really funny. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks. Welcome back to For the People, Law and Playing Language with me, Deb Rainey, your host, the compassionate lawyer. With me in the studio is the PhD candidate producer, simply, let me get that right, the PhD candidate producer. I think we're going to have a contest one year that says, <laughs> how did she get that name? <laughs> we're talking about consumer, the generic umbrella term of consumer law we're giving you information as it relates to some of your rights in being protected as a consumer on the other side of the break I told you about the United States government's consumer um, handbook it's called the 2012 Consumer Action Handbook it's 160 pages you can download it as a PDF it's a fabulous fabulous guide and what I will do is I will beg our producer to ensure that she makes that handbook available either on our website or on the For the People Potomatic page. And when I mean by making that book available, I don't mean the book's going to be there. There'll be a link to the PDF document that you can click on and download that document.
3: So I just have a question now. When they go to this link, is this going to be some here to hither thither? No, some legal... it's a really
2: fun book. All the stuff that you should be paying attention to is in red, like the buyer beware. It's got a man pictured with a woman, and it looks like he's trying to talk her into buying some stuff that she don't need to buy. It's a really easy-to-read guide, and y'all know I'm not all about the hither, thither, wither, all that. So I make sure that when I suggest and I send you places that you can go to places with an easy read. It's very well written, and it's written to us lay people, and that's and, why I like it. And,
3: and as a lay person, she said us. And I'm not sure why she threw us in there, her with the lay person. Because anyway.
2: even as an attorney, I'm not trying to read a whole bunch of uh, legalism. So all that's going to do is get me fired up and find a way to get through it. But as a consumer, I want a quick read that I can understand and, and, and you not have to put on my lawyer I am hat.
3: looking at it, and it is. In big red letters, it says, buyer beware before you buy, service contracts, extended And it gives warranties.
2: you certain parts of the page. It'll be in red, giving you some do's right. and don'ts. It's right. really it's, well done. It
3: says, check here for recalls, product safety recalls. ATM and debit card. The best
2: part about it is you can. It's it, it's almost an interactive document in that you can go through the table of contents, find that chapter that interests you: banking, um, investing, identity fraud. Click on it, and you can go right to those pages instead of um, thumbing through the entire document. Right. And, and I just printed off the pages of stuff <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about tonight.
3: And I do have to say that it's 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 a quick read where you're not going through. Oh my God, I got to read like fifteen paragraphs or not paragraphs, 15 pages on this. It's short. It's to the point. You can find quickly, um, whether it's credit card offers or some of the other things on here. It's really a quick read. You can just kind of click on it. There's a couple bulleted items, and you're good to go.
2: It's called the 2012 Consumer Action Handbook. It's put out by the Consumer Protection Agency of the federal government. The website to go to, and this is a long website for the link, is www.usa.gov slash, that's, that's the backslash, topics slash consumer slash consumer hyphen action hyphen handbook. Don't go through all that. Give us a day or two to get the link put up on either my website, deborainlaw.com, or the For the People Podomatic page. If you got some comments or some questions you want to share, Hit, hit us up at two one five, Hick us up and hit us up too. Two one five six oh nine four three oh one. Hit the text line two one five four three five four zero nine nine. Email for the people at deborainlaw.com. Facebook for the people law and plain language. Follow us on Twitter at FTP Law. Here's an interesting question that was posed by a schmuck in New Jersey, and I'm not so sure that this is a question in the sense and in the way that questions are, uh, provided you decide. Here we go. I ordered one item and was billed for one. The shipment invoice indicates one item, but there are in fact five of the same item identical. What are my obligations with regards to the other four items? The one I brought, the one I bought was $300. I live in the U S this person asked this question in New Jersey, huh? Renee and I were talking about that in the car on the way to the studio. And I'm going to say right now, my first thought was why would you even ask that and put that on a public forum? You schmuck. The good person in me says good for you. Not being sure of what to do legally. Does he have every he or she have a responsibility to that vendor well, unfortunately for him, he does or she does. And why is that? Because the contract he or she entered into with the company was for that one item he, inf- he or she, in fact, paid for and was to receive that one item. So legally, he or she has no right to hold on to those four additional items. And this is not this is sort of similar to that check thing that I told you about, we talked about the other side of the break, and that was, what do you do when you get a check sent to you in your name from someone you don't know for money you have no idea why you're getting it and you know that you didn't earn it? What's your responsibility, your obligations? In this instance where he got the four identical items he only paid for, ordered, and was invoiced one, he should return those four items to the company. But, but, you do not, have to spend your own money to get those items back to the company i would suggest you pick up the phone and you call them and say hey this is invoice number thus and such i ordered this product you sent me four by an error i have mine i'm cool send me a return label something so i can send your four back to you nine times out of ten the company probably didn't even catch the mistake Christmas time, people make mistakes. Companies make mistakes all the time. They're really going to appreciate. They might say to you, hey, keep them. We don't need them. Or they'll say, well, we thank you very much. Please be on the lookout for a return label. What should you expect if you don't do that? Well, let's say, and I, I misspoke. He paid three ninety nine for the one item. So the other four times three is how much? 400 times th- th- four is $1,600 that that company is out of. At some point, somewhere, someone's going to trace that back to this guy. And, and, so if and, he and does not.
3: That's, that's probably not a misdemeanor anymore. Uh-uh. Right?
2: <laughs> and if he does not return those items and they can demonstrate that it was packed and shipped to him, he could possibly face being in possession of stolen property, criminal charges. It's just not worth it. So when I was joking in the beginning when I read this question, I didn't mean it the way it sounded. I think it's laudable, admirable, and very smart of him or her to seek um, legal advice as to what his or her obligations are. The bottom line, the obligations are contact the company, have them send you a label or something to send that stuff back to them. Don't mess around. Later on, you may or may not, you could find yourself facing criminal charges. If you're in that similar situation, um, Renee and I went to Walmart here in Philly, one of the bigger ones on the boulevard, and from what we were hearing from the employees, TVs and things were just walking out of the store. We went back there to pick up a wine cooler we bought for our daughter. Some guy was waiting from at the store to site, site to store location in the back of, of Walmart, and was about to walk out of the store with two TVs, even though he only paid for one. And guess what would have happened had he gotten out that door? Uh, they would have called the Popo. He would have been placed under arrest for theft, unlawful taking, Resealing stolen property, theft by deception, securing the execution of a document, and a number of other misdemeanors. It's just not worth it. <laughs> Here's another question out of Kansas. <clears throat> and this was on December 28th. Last night I went to my local McDonald's and purchased a Big Mac. I took one bite, and on the bottom of the box was a picture of male genitalia. I can't tell by this question whether it's a picture meaning someone snapped an actual picture of a person a male's penis or if someone actually drew it like doodling on the bottom of the Big Mac um, box. When I came back to show the store, they tried to rush me out the door and gave me a new sandwich. But then I talked to the store manager. I have contacted the 800 number from McDonald's and I have gave, given them a picture of the box and the drawing. So the last part of the question answers my question. It was a drawing of the um, genitalia. That's a loaded question, and I say that because the, I can see uh, two schools of thoughts for lawyers on this particular case. My school of thought would be, okay, you got a Big Mac. Someone drew a picture of a genitalia on the box. What's your injury? How were uh, other than being offended and. If you're a male, you got to tell you, why would you be offended? If you're a female, you've seen genitalia, to tell you, why would you be offended? Don't take that the wrong way, listeners. I just don't see this being worth some money because you're going to scream and holler and say you were offended by that. Penis. But is that offense that you got worth you putting out almost probably twenty five hundred dollars just to retain an attorney and in turn not get any money or possibly get a smaller amount of money or barely break even at the end of the day because McDonald's may or may not settle this. The other school of thought of the lawyers that I see is someone saying something like, well, If they were brazen enough to draw a picture of a genitalia on the box, you don't know what else they could have done to your food. If someone drew that on the bottom of your box, they could have done something else to your food. Reach out to an an attorney who specializes in personal injury, and you probably would find a a whole bunch of lawyers willing to take on the case because it's McDonald's, and McDonald's is a billion-dollar corporation. Lawyers out there would be willing to take on your case just to, I don't know, make a name for themselves or try to get you a little something-something if you were to bring a case of, of like this to me i would sit there first and have you explain to me what your injury is and what do you think it, w- it would take to make you sort of whole or come back from or um get past this injury i'm just not sure so that's the answer to that question there's two schools of thought if you whoever wrote this reach out to an attorney and find maybe you'll find Um, an attorney in that second school of thought, or maybe even in my school of thought. But that's my two cents on that piece. Next question. I was on the Sears website. They posted a price in error. Do they have to honor the price that they show on their website? That's interesting. And I think for simplicity purposes, this listener probably wrote, went on the Sears website, was looking for a particular item. It was priced and advertised at a certain price. They went to the store to get it, and it probably wasn't as cheap. Well, do you have anything coming to you? No. It's merely Sears telling you what products they have, what price you may or may not um, pay for it. And remember, on that most of these websites, on all of them, I should say, there's small print down on there. We have a right to change our mind without notice, chain prices, and the like. Can you sue Sears for having the wrong price? No. Not based solely on this question posed that I read to you. No, you don't have, and you're not going to be successful in suing Sears just for this. And I guarantee you any lawyer you go to is going to say the I same thing. I was just
3: going to say, and even if some lawyer took the case, you would have to pay them. And depending on what you were buying at Walmart, also, do you it's know? Sears. It's Sears, it's not Sears. Walmart. Sears, I'm sorry, but do you know I was on Walmart, and someone passed away within the last couple of weeks, Millie's mom. And I was looking for flowers. And I put in funeral because Walmart deals with FTD floors or something, and I was trying to
2: find some flowers.
3: Do you know what came up? Caskets. Yes, I told you this. They Walmart have casket. sells caskets. I, I had no clue. I'm well, just an well, Walmart with down Walmart.
2: south sells liquor. We can't get none in Pennsylvania because we got state stores.
3: I just, uh, I'm kind of new to the Walmart thing. I was
2: just floored. Well, it's just, I was Walmart is my like, sh isn't
3: it? They have caskets. <laughs>
2: Who knew? So, whoever you are to ask this question about Sears having a, a advertised price that was wrong, do they have to honor that price? No, they do not.
3: That's three minutes, not three more questions. Okay, she I put a three her, minute. I keep giving her the wind then and she keeps saying, "And the next question is, and the next question."
2: Oh, is. Renee wrote a little card that said, "The Emancipation Proclamation turns 150 today." When President Lincoln (laughs) prepared and presented the Emancipation Proclamation Freeing Us was 150 years ago today. Wow. Yep. 18, was it 1883 or 1863? It's somewhere in that time range. So go back 150 years and they'll give me my answer, won't it? Oh, wow. And President Lincoln's been dead for almost 150 years, right? Damn near. So did anybody see the movie Lincoln? I saw one on DirecTV, but Lincoln was chasing vampires, so it wasn't anything related to the historical um, Lincoln. Anyway, she put up three fingers. Ladies and gentlemen, just some information for you to keep you updated and aware of what your rights and responsibilities are as a consumer. This this 2012 Consumer Action Handbook that I keep touting for you and advocating for, please go on to the website and get it www.usa.gov on that website go to consumer and look for a link to the consumer action handbook it's a fabulous book it's going to answer all your questions but it neither it or anyone else anything else is not going to substitute if you actually have a situation arise and you think your rights have been violated and you're entitled to be compensated or made whole then obviously reach out to an attorney and as I always tell you, make sure the attorney that you reach out to does or works in or has experience in the area that you need that attorney. Excuse me, last question. I bought two iPod Touches from GameStop for Christmas gifts. Turned out they were Generation 2 and won't download games. All others said higher IOs were required. Got on iTunes, searched it, internet. There's no update for the IOs higher than the one that came on the game systems that I bought. GameStop says they don't take returns on open items unless they're defective. They're selling an obsolete item. Is this against the law? All we want is to return them, pay the difference to a Generation 4, which will allow the downloading of the games. What can we do? Well, I like the fact that this person didn't outright scream and holler about suing them, blah, 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 blah. I always suggest even when um clients potential clients call me and tell me their situation if it's a consumer situation my first suggestion to you is always 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 reach out to the store or the company that you were dealing with if that first level person gives you an answer that you find unacceptable Keep going up that chain of command. At the end of the day, they're going to be the ones to quicker give you that what you want. And you don't want to turn around having to spend $5,000 more than what you paid for the product just to get satisfaction. So I would suggest to you, go back to that GameStop store. Go talk to the manager, not the cashier. If that GameStop store doesn't give you satisfaction, all those sorts of stores have regional directors, um, area directors, and the like, keep going up the chain of command until you get satisfaction guarantee you GameStop is a reputable company they're going to at some point you're going to get to that person who can help you and can lead you to where you want to go your first thought should always be to reach out to the company first to seek redress of whatever that grievance is that you have then once you've exhausted all that then you want to reach out to an attorney and see what um, legal recourse you have Please make sure you check out this um, Consumer Action Handbook. It's a fabulous handbook. It's found at www.usa.gov. It's the 2012 Consumer Action Handbook. It's 160-pages PDF, and it tells you everything you need to know in order to make yourself a more savvy, savvy, a more savvy consumer. You've been listening to For the People, Law in Plain Language, on www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the sound from Germantown. A <coughs> uh, shout-out to DJ Eazy-E and his people on Gotta Get Over the Hump. I'm sorry, you wrote Easy e fundraiser 5 to $10. dollars what that mean?
3: Okay, she's not. She don't ever give her. I'm not a radio cards. person. I'm not a real you, one. I'm you just, are not. You were gonna give a shout out to Easy E.
2: Easy E, what's up, dude? Where the music you're supposed to be giving her? She hurting. She's still I'm playing the drunk, the, the dead drunk lady, and uh, who's the other person you played? Uh, <laughs> she then played them songs about oh 50 times. E, reach out to me, help and me G-Town, out, bro. G
3: town Radio. We're doing, non-profit.
2: and I, thank you. We're doing G Time Radio, as you guys know, is nonprofit. If you appreciate our show, and please go to G-Town's website. We got some phenomenal shows. The music is banging. The variety shows, the TV shows, the TV shows, the radio shows, the talk shows, whatever you got, G-Town's got it. We're a nonprofit. We need money to operate. We're not asking for much. You can go to their website, click on Donate Now. You can can donate a dollar. You can donate $5. You can donate $10. If 10 of our listeners gives $10, that's $100 right there for G-Town to keep providing quality service, quality shows. Like For the People, Law and Plain Language, another show that you want to check out every Thursday night from 9 to 11, Black Tribbles. They are everything geeky. Go to the G-Town website, check out Black Tribbles' um, website page. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Keep in mind every Tuesday from 8 to 930, we're with you for the people. Law in plain language. Say bye, fam. Good night.
0: Information presented on for the people is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.